Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, that was a brutal loss for the Minnesota Vikings to kick off the 2023 football season and Ventline season here. This is the most fan-friendly, interactive, and on days like today, therapeutic show in all of Minnesota sports. Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, where we turn the show over to you guys, Vikings fans, frustrated Vikings fans, we're guessing here today, to express your thoughts on the game. Phil Mackey, we've got Declan Goff over here on the YouTube screen, who's uh, doing all the things behind the scenes to get you guys on the show, and Judd at US Bank Stadium right now, where people are going home, probably a little buzzed, probably a little pissed off. A little bit bewildered. We can break it all down. If you'd like to get on the show, we're going to give our opinions quickly off the top here. Um, and then we're going to turn it over to you guys for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. If you want to get on the show, send us a request to the email address, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Vikingsventline at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to get to as many of you as possible. Just keep it clean, okay? Don't, I know you guys are mad today. Uh, that was a, just an atrocious loss by the Vikings, but keep it clean. Don't get us fired, basically, is all we ask. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, those turnovers were in stunning resolution on my TCL TV in the first half. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL, an official partner of the National Football League. Judd, hi. Wow. Wow. It's about as bad a start as you can possibly have against a team that you should definitely beat. Um, that, yeah, that is, uh, that's incredibly disappointing. And I will say this, at, in a home game when you turn the ball over three times in the first half, you probably don't deserve to win and you still had every single chance. The defense, to me, it got gassed in the second half, but I actually think the defense was a positive story of this game. Uh, the offense laid a complete egg. I think there were 11 drives. Six of them were three and outs. Three of them ended in turnovers, including a fumble on a nine-drive play. Um, the play calling was not very good, I didn't think. Um, uh, the quarterback had his struggles. The amount of times that it looked like they were turning the corner and offensively were going to break out, only to have them regress and go three and out again, was um, startling and stunning. Uh, but overall, offensively, aside from at least 
the guy who, who wore 18, and I actually think when Jordan Addison got a chance, he played pretty well. There are a lot of disappointments, and I will say this too, you guys. The offensive line and those problems ain't cleaned up, and you're going to go into Philadelphia on Thursday, and I don't think you're going to have your starting center. And Darisaw tweaked his ankle. Yep. He left this game. He came back. Uh, but that was a putrid performance by a team that's supposed to be known for its offense. I can't put it any other way. Putrid. Yeah. I'm going to put a pin in a couple of those things you said, and we'll circle back to them if I could use a couple of buzz phrases. But, Declan, what is your uh, raw emotional take 30 seconds after that game ended? Uh, full disclosure. I spent a lot of this game on the can. And this game was wi- somehow even worse than being on the can for numerous times. Uh, Are you this was okay? A gi- oh yeah, I'm what? fine. No, I'm fine. I don't know. I just for whatever reason, I just was on the I was on the I was on the toilet a lot today. And this game was also a toilet on my TV screen, my beautiful TCL TV. I had to watch this epic fart noise that the Vikings just laid in week one against a team that you were five and a half point favorites for that starting Baker Mayfield on his like fourth team in three years, and you lay an absolute dud. For all these fans that showed up to watch in a big second year for Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings, and it was just an epic, epic fart noise. That is my that is my honest, brutal take after this awful loss to the Bucks. I think uh, I think my main take is the Vikings were probably due for this after last season. And I, I already saw some people right after the game tweeting out, like Bill Barnwell, the analytics guy from ESPN, the Vikings last season were 9-0 and in one-score games. They are now 0-1 in one-score games. There's a there's a, just a level of, like, football gods regression that's going to smack you upside the head sometimes. And the Vikings were probably due for this. Last season, the Vikings, correct me if I'm wrong, the Vikings were outscored in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. Weren't they, yeah, like, the first team ever? or something. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, they were the first team ever to win 13 games and be outscored. Like, the math didn't add up, but they were so great in one-score games and late in games. And then I, I believe they were also outgained on a yardage basis last year. So you're outscored and outgained, and yet you still go 13-4. and four. It just It's not something that's really possible more than, like, once every 30 years in the NFL. And today, they outgained the Buccaneers. This is what's bonkers about this game. Yards per play. Vikings, six yards per play in this game. Buccaneers, three and a half. If you, this, this, this actually box score wise, this was the New Orleans Saints NFC Championship game from 2009, where you look and you're like, I'm not going to show you the final score. I'm going to show you a quarterback that throws for like 300 yards, an offense that, that outgains the opponent by like 150 yards. Mm hmm. A bunch of turnovers to the uh, was there even any did the no turnovers so three turnovers to no turnovers and then you look at the score and it's like yeah of course they lost a close game like they played with fire for three hours they they had several chances to put this team away and have a double digit lead dumb fumbles you know a, an untimely three and out here and there and then the interception on the goal line the KJ Osborne pass we can talk about that stuff but it's like yeah this is this is the game that never happened last year. Their losses were like 30 and 40 point losses. They were embarrassing. They did lose a close game to the Giants in the playoffs, but this is the game that we didn't see last year, and it starts in week one this year, and now the schedule going ahead, you could not afford to lose this game with your schedule on paper, and so now you better get one back either quickly on Thursday night in a game you're going to be underdogs or go beat a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert or somebody else, but what just what an 
awful way to start the season, knowing that this is going to be a tough sled anyways, even if you won the first game. Yeah, and I guess what bugs me, though, a little bit is is the interior of your line appeared to get done again, and, like, we've been warning about that all offseason. And they've been sort of haughty about it, been like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. Ed, yeah. Ed Ingram is coming around. So it bothers me when you don't try and shore up places and it bites you in the ass against Tampa Bay. Because I agree with you. This was not a losable game. Like, this is a game because you're probably going to be, common sense says, 0-2 now. And you can re- rebound from that, but... It, but it's still a bit of a hill to climb. So, yeah, I just I think it was very frustrating to watch some of the things. Also frustrating, I, in my opinion, to watch the defense play what I thought was a brilliant first half and not be rewarded for it at all because the strength of your team let you down. Yeah. Uh, but there were just a lot of questions I had about the play calling. I, I do, and I don't know if it was a Kirk thing uh, and an O'Connell thing or sort of a combination. That's probably fair. But, you know, the downfield passing game, when they attempted it, was pretty good. Now, I would guess pressure played a role, but it, fe- it, felt like they were, it felt like they were trying to get cute in their new scheme a little bit too much. And to me, that scheme is there to try to set up big plays. We saw one, right? Jordan Addison touchdown was like the definition of what we've been waiting for. So I think there's a lot of questions off this one. Yes, um, and we're going to get to as many of them as we can. We're going to shut up here in a moment and throw the show over to you guys. It looks like we have a packed virtual green room here. So uh, here's how it works. Again, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We've got our first wave of Vikings fans, guests, that we're going to go into right now. As people you know, say their piece and drop out, it means there's an opening. So vikingsventline at gmail.com. Real quick, Dex, before we get to the first one, let's shout out our friends at Minnesota Lottery. So... Uh, they're back for another season supporting us here on Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline, Judd. So uh, let's tell the audience about uh, what the Minnesota Lottery has going. Absolutely. The, the Vikings might have lost, but guess what? The new Vikings Lottery Scratch Game is a winner. It's the official scratch game of the Vikings. You could win up to $100,000 or second chance prizes, including season tickets or an away game trip. That's officially exciting. The, uh, just say the Minnesota Lottery, I'm in. Must be 18 or older to play. All right, boys, uh, who's first out of the gate here? Who who kicks us off on the 2023 Vikings vent line season? All right, let's go to Dan here to start things off on Vikings vent line. Dan, what's hey, going what's on? Hey, what's up? Can you guys what's hear me? What's up? We got you, Dan. Yeah, what you, would you think of that debacle today? Oh, rough. Really rough, you guys. Um, I have a couple questions for you, so I, I want to know what you guys think. So the second half, they, they just did not target Justin Jefferson, and I do not know if it was – a lion thing or but Kirk seemed frustrated first off like you could see him they panned to him on the sidelines a couple times and I don't know if he's frustrated at the line or if he's frustrating at the play calling because to me the play calling seems very predictable I don't know what do you guys think yeah so I mean just like watching on the tv feed early on with the fumbles and you had you had classic Netflix frustrated Kirk in the first quarter of the game and, and then, you know, they had some success after that, but he did. He looked, he was getting beat up quite a bit, but he looked tense. He looked frustrated. I don't know exactly if he had like a pie chart of the things he was frustrated about. I'm sure there was about five or six different things, but what did you kind of notice? Um, I thought that he was frustrated for sure, but it's sort of Kirk. So I, I don't think that this was like a new thing. It, it very much feels like when things don't go his way or his team's way, that he does tend to get frustrated, which we saw in the docu series uh, on Netflix too. So yes, it seemed to me, but I, 
I like Dan's point about the play calling. I did not think the play calling today was very good. And I don't know what O'Connell exactly was trying to establish, and, and certainly it didn't work consistently. But I thought that, you know, when you have the receiving core that this team has, and I know Kirk was hurried at times, but there were definitely opportunities as well. And you decide that, like, C.J. Ham is going to be a huge part of your game plan. I guess I'm a little bit confused but by that. Like, I am all for 12 personnel, but that means one running back, two tight ends. As you sent me in a text during the game, Phil, there was times when it was 13 personnel. There was times when it was 22. So um, it was almost like O'Connell, in my opinion, went overboard and going away from 11 personnel, which, look, if you mix it up, it's fine. But I felt like he mixed it up or he didn't mix it up enough, and it almost became too predictable for what Tampa Bay was doing defensively. It did feel, so I actually, we can probably devote like a like a Tuesday segment to this, because I spent the game charting all of the person offensive personnel groupings that they ran out, because I was kind of curious. They ran, and we didn't have to get like super into the weeds here, but they ran mostly three wide receiver sets last year. It was like, so first down is kind of the barometer of, all right, you got a clean slate, what personnel grouping do you want to put out there on first down when the entire playbook is open? And the Vikings ran overwhelmingly three wide receiver sets in 2022 on first down. Today it was flipped. It was like you said, it was, they made a concerted effort in it. And I will say this, I, I, you said something about 10 minutes ago, Joe, that I kind of disagree with. You said the offense, I wrote down a word here. What did you say? Uh, the offense laid an egg is what you said. Well, I agree. There were some bad three and outs and the turnovers like those were laying eggs. But in terms of just gaining yards and yards per play, if you told me, hey, every single game, they're going to average six yards per play. That would rank them among the best offenses in the NFL. So do that, but stop turning the ball over and, and, you know, don't have the three and outs and the punts. Like there's some things to tweak here, but I actually thought some of it worked getting Josh Oliver out there. But, yeah, it kind of felt like C.J. Hamm like, eclipsed his full season snap count total in one week from last year. And I don't know. I don't know if we need that much C.J. Hamm, but we'll see what they do going forward. All right, Declan, who's next on Vikings Ventline? All right, let's go to Will next year on Vikings Ventline. Will, what's up, buddy? Hey, Will. I'm, I'm just curious as to what body part of Ed Ingram is going to screw things up next time. <laughs> First it was the feet, now it's the hands. Uh, is it, are we going to have a butt fumble coming up here soon? Oh, we might. A butt fumble would have to be, uh, be on the list somewhere. Yeah, but I, I like Quasey, but uh, uh, him being the stock investor, some of his investments are going bad. They're starting to tank. The, the end Ingram experiment needs to start coming to an end. It, it can't go on anymore. I, gotta, we, I think we all know Dalton Rise is going to get a call probably not too long after the press conferences, but he, he needs to come in because that, that interior, I mean, Bradbury being hurt didn't help because as soon as Austin Schlotman comes in, boom, everything gets muddied up. I, it's, it's not the exterior. It's not the outside guys. It, it, you guys are right. It is the inside. And, but you guys are also right. Brian Flores I mean, it, it was fun watching him and Todd Bowles go at it with each other. That was great. It was almost like seeing two of the same people because they were both doing the same thing. And I know the announcer said that they were kind of like the same guys going at it, and that was right. But that was great to see that the defense was aggressive, that Ivan Pace – I probably my favorite play was Ivan Pace WWEing Baker Mayfield <laughs> into the sideline 
was probably the greatest thing I've ever seen. But the only thing I've got left to say is I wanted to see more Kyrs Tonga. Tonga, when he was in there, just that line seemed to be so much better. But I, I would like to know kind of not just on the interior, but also on the defensive line, what your guys' thoughts are. But thank you. Thanks for Thanks, Will. Appreciate stuff, you, man. Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judd, you want to take that one? Uh, sure. On the defensive line, I, I actually was surprised a little bit. Tampa Bay didn't try and run up the middle more, um, which they did not. Uh, I, I think that they ran outside way more often than I expected. But let's talk about what he brought up at the beginning of his um, at, at the beginning of his appearance. You know, Will's right. Like the Ed Ingram thing. Look, it, it either it needs to start firing and working right now. Uh, we don't have time for another 17 game experimentation here. Like, if he has not shown significant improvement, they need to make a change at guard. This is not a, well, we'll just, you know, wait five more games. Now we'll wait five more games after that. You devoted 18 games as in his rookie season, and I get that. But if you now find it didn't work, you better have a backup plan there. Like, you can't just keep beating your, you can't keep beating your head against the wall and getting your quarterback hit. It doesn't work. He's going, I mean, eventually Kirk's going to get hurt. How many, how many ways I like how will put it, like how many different limbs is he going to use to screw something up where he stepped on Kirk's foot a handful of times last year, just like the rogue left hand as he's getting out of his set on the one fumble. Yeah. You know, it's like now Matt Ryan on the broadcast kind of put that fumble on Kirk. Even after seeing the replay, he's like, I know Ed Ingram's hand kind of knocked that out. But if you're, if you're Kirk in that spot, you got to get that ball in closer to you and, there, it was kind of funny, like on pl- some plays where like largely Vikings fans or even maybe like the play by play guy today on CBS would say, hey, someone did something wrong on this. Matt Ryan would bring it back to actually the quarterback needs to do this differently. I, but on that one, it's like what did he say? Ed Ingram just swung his hand out and knocked the ball out. So I don't know how you can put that one on Kirk. What did Matt say about the um, Antoine Winfield Jr. hit on Kirk that caused the fumble? Because that guy was coming it. You know, in this case, Winfield Jr. is coming at Kirk. Yeah. Like, Kirk saw that and, and like, it twisted his head. A, but I don't know that that also was not at least partially on, on Kirk as well. Because I think the blockers, I think the line had picked up everybody and Winfield was a free yeah. blitzer. So, yeah. So that's, God, this, that could be a fun thing if if we could break something like that down with Alex Boone. Um, like, on our Monday trenches sessions, we can we can throw that in the mix. But... I don't remember what Matt Ryan said about that play because they were just lauding. They were lauding Winfield. They were lauding the just the blitz scheme. Sometimes they send more guys than you can pick up. I did yeah. see some people on Twitter, I think, and I'd have to go look at that play again, but mistakenly blaming C.J. C. Ham was the running back that mm-hmm. was in on pass protection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were blaming like Ed Ingram for letting his guy go and C.J. Ham. I don't. I, those guys. Those guys were hat on hat, and and the way that those. Uh, those pickups work is you start and work from the inside out because the inside is the more immediate threat that you want to make sure that if a linebacker is coming through the a gap and let's and then let's say maybe you got you know cornerback guy coming around the edge cj ham needs to step up and plug the middle and work inside out before he would go over to winfield sure so that's one of those where they dialed up a great blitz it's coming from your front side Right. The ball just has to be out either schematically or, or Kirk. Like, that ball just has to be out before you get hit on that play. Mm-hmm. And let's go to, to the interception real quick. Again, I saw so many different reactions to this. Hey, that ball hit K.J. Osborne in the hands. 
It wasn't a good throw. Adam Thielen would have caught it. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there. there's some gray area there, but that was a bad pass yeah, in behind. traffic. It was a high risk behind KJ Osborne pass. And guess what? KJ Osborne's good. He ain't prime Adam Thielen in the red zone. So yeah. you just got if if there's two defenders that are closing in on a guy and it's tight quarters and you throw a pass behind him with his momentum going. Okay, it hit him in the hands or hit him in the jersey or whatever it was, but like he was off balance and he's not Adam Thielen from 2018. It was yep. a bad pass and it got picked off. Doesn't doesn't mean Kirk's garbage, but it was a bad pass. Mm-hmm. Definitely behind him. All right, let's keep rolling here. Vikings vent line. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Losing to the Bucks in the first okay. game is not on the right track. Yeah, how about beating that. Tampa Bay? Okay. No. Uh, brutal one, gentlemen. I'm wearing black because it's almost like a funeral for Week One. With uh, the bleakness of that uh, performance today, uh, I coach basketball, so I like to do one negative and two positives to try to put positive spin on things as we have a funeral procession. Is with, this uh, a feedback sandwich for the Vikings? A, a little bit, a little bit. So okay. we'll go in the negative first, get that out of the way, because oh, okay. I'm sure we have lots of negatives. Um, you know, the critical error with Jay Ward lining up in the neutral zone on that field goal really killed you. They came in and punched one in on you that uh, extended that lead a little farther. And like you said earlier, Mackie, you play with fire too much like you did last season. Well, you're bound to get burned. So that's exactly what we did. We played with fire too long and you got burned. And so I don't think you're going to see a lot of those uh, one-score games or comeback kind of things. I just don't think that's sustainable. But then uh, as far as positives, you know, I really liked some of the flashes watching on TV of Makai Blackman. Uh, I thought that one breakup that he had on Mike Evans going deep was really, really uh, positive to see. And then the implementation of Josh Oliver. I thought it was really nice to see that 12 personnel and see him catch a few catches. Like Judd was saying in the past week or two, like, hey, people always say, oh, good blocker, good blocker, good blocker. But he's a sneaky pass catcher that can get upfield, and he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was good. Start with one negative, a couple of positives. Leave ending on a high note. Nick, nice job. Too many mistakes, though. Nick's right. Too many mistakes. You can't have three turnovers, and you can't line up in the neutral zone on a field goal attempt when Tampa Bay, you know, was going to be conservative, was going to kick a field goal, and now they get a touchdown because of uh, what was really just a dumb penalty. Yeah, that's, and then... That's not and, aggressive. That's just dumb. And then you wind up... So that, that four-point difference, you know, who knows? The game might flow differently just based on the outcome there. But you lose a game by three after a dumb neutral zone penalty grants them four points. Yeah. So And by the way, again, back to the box score thing. It was very rare that you would look at a box score last year and see, oh, my God, the Vikings outgained someone by like 150 yards or out yards per played them by like two or three yards per play. They just never had games like that. They were always either getting outscored or, or outgained or whatever, and they have to come flying back in the fourth quarter. The game flow here today set up for them to blow this team out by 14 points, by 21 points. Right. And I don't know, like, there and there's something about – Kirk Cousins teams too that just do not blow teams out we've done this before where you go through his whole career Mike Zimmer was kind of the same way and when you put those guys together it was just a bunch of teeth clenching close games you have permission to blow someone's doors off at home when you outgain them by 150 yards when you are moving the ball at will and you're in the red zone like you have permission to just stick a knife in somebody Kirk Kevin O'Connell offense like go and beat the brakes off somebody that you're supposed to. We haven't seen it in literally years, I feel like. Just a good old-fashioned, certainly not last year at home. Well, I guess the Packers in week one, but that was like a two-touchdown victory. 
So yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of sick of this type of thing happening where they just like shoot themselves in the foot and can't win a game by 20 points that they're supposed to. And when you lose the football three times, that takes you from the real possibility of blowing a team out, you know, at home first half. You get a nice cushion, yeah. right? And and you cruise, and that and. And I'm not saying that this team played as well as the 2009 uh, conference championship game today offensively, but in both cases, that was a, those were games where you're like, okay, if you hold on to the damn football, you're going to win, and you're probably going to win by 14. Yep. And and look, when you have three turnovers, including you know two fairly deep in Tampa territory, that is a recipe for basically begging them to stay in the game. Yep. By the way, uh, if you are hanging out with us here live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, thank you very much. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button, and you can help us grow this thing here. Um, it's the place to be, Purple Daily, Vikings vent line, after Vikings games, win or lose. Therapy session like this when they lose, the celebration when they win. So um, who's our next patient here on this therapy session, Declan? Hey, right, let's go uh, to Keith next. What's up, Keith? What's up, Keith? Hey, I wrote some, hey, what's going on, man? I've been on the show before. Love it. Uh, just a few things I want to cover. I even wrote some notes. Oh, love it. Uh, Preparation. No. It's good. <laughs> KLC and Quezzy, man. I feel this is this loss is on them. It's this obvious year-to-year stuff. Doug, we talk about it. The offensive line. Her kid, he does not have that type of uh, character in him like, you know, Tom Brady. When stuff goes left, things need to be perfect. And I ain't blaming this game on Kirk, but Kirk showed again why we need to move on. This is week one, I understand, but this is the stuff that I already know. I've been a Viking fan since 1995. I already seen this over and over. We we can dominate teams. And the thing about Justin Jefferson, we should have locked in that contract because now it's going to get more expensive. And you've seen how he look at the end of the game. Like, I don't want him to request a trade. We have good, we have a good team, but we also can't pay a thirty-five million dollar quarterback and look at our offensive line. Oh my gosh, it's not nothing's going to change. We play the Eagles next week, and last and uh, we we should have beat the Bucks. So this not about all we had a t- we can bounce back from this. We were playing a tough schedule, and anybody else besides Baker Mayfield, who is like at least uh, in the top fifteen, would have blew us out the door. So I would love to know you guys' thoughts. I'm just frustrated. I also know that it's uh, the season's not over. But come on, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I bought wings today with my son. I wanted to go out with my son. Man, Minnesota Vikings owe me sixty dollars. <laughs> I love Keith, it. Great stuff, man. I love it. Great stuff. Well, I mean, what just on the on the Kirk front? You know, this is again kind of a classic. He went uh, 75% completions. He threw for 344 yards. He threw for two touchdowns, a passer rating over 100, two fumbles that you could easily blame other people for, an interception that you could say it hit the receiver in the hands. It's another one of those like, hey, it's not his fault that they, that you could very easily craft that argument, which is sort of the... The ten-year career, or whatever. The, how, how many years right. have you been to start a nine-year career of Kirk Cousins? But what, to Keith's points about Kirk Cousins, what do you think today? Well, at, at this point, uh, too, because I, I feel like the Kirk can't be blamed. Stuff goes back to Zimmer, who sort of ignored him as a quarterback. Uh, this is on O'Connell and Kirk. Like this is the, they're the tandem. They're if, if things go wrong offensively, guess what? They both get blamed. They deserve it. And I know exactly what Keith is saying. Now, the issue, as he pointed out at the end, is it's week one. Like we can't go completely. 
yeah. uh, off on what we did or did not see. The offensive line does concern me, no question about that. Uh, but also, and we'll, we'll get to this in the coming days, but the Jefferson contract needs to be discussed a lot. It's not getting done is a problem. This not being done is a is a real so? problem. Well, because it's, it's like a lot of guys don't actually do the contract until after their fourth year. We've seen it's very it's it's a, very rare that it happens. I after think it's the a third pro- year. I think it's a problem because I don't think these guys should be getting cute with Justin Jefferson, and the price is only going up. The price is only going up. And Schefter's tweet about this may, makes it sound like they're not going to talk about this again until the off season. So um, I, he's so valuable. I would have gotten it done. We, we could talk about that. I just yeah. it started the day off on, on the wrong foot when you didn't take care of your best player ASAP. It does have weird vibes. We don't know if it's contentious. We don't. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know. Maybe Justin Jefferson and his agency are saying, "Hey, we'd like something in line with if we're going to do it now. We want something in line with what that contract might look like in a year. So it's we're not just going to go up a notch from like the top wide receivers. We want to go up." a big chunk because we're doing this a year earlier than in theory, if he goes out and he's Justin Jefferson again, and he puts up 2000 yards, now you're getting him at a discount. So there, there might've been a bigger gap there just based on the flexibility of having the, uh, you know, 12 more months. So we can talk more about that this week here. Who's next on Vikings vent line. Jacob, what's up, dude? You're on vent line. Oh shit. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) What's going on, dude? What's what's your take on the game? Hey, um, first off, I'm in Virginia right now, currently, but I'm from Austin, Minnesota, and I went and came home just recently, got some before I die. Let's go. I just want to say that shit. So, real quick, I am frustrated because how do you have Justin Jefferson sitting at like 130-some yards first half, and in the second half... I don't. I don't know where he was. Yeah, I exactly. mean, it's a thank you for coming on. Um, it's the it's one of the big mysteries. This, this happens though. This happens sometimes. It doesn't happen as much the last couple of years, where he'll just like not be involved for a game or something. Where he'll have like five targets. But why do you think? I guess without us going back and like looking at the film with an educated lens. Do you think the Buccaneers just put more emphasis and said, well, we ain't going to let that guy get to 200 yards? Because he didn't, he was a non-factor for most of the second half. Yes. Yeah, I think they did. But I also think that they have that they have developed workarounds uh, in the decision to draft Addison, who had the touchdown catch. So I think that there are options. And look, Jefferson came wide open on two or three of his catches in the first half, and that's not a fluke. Like, that is, again, things that he has worked on. I just didn't feel that there was a lot of creativity today. I didn't feel that, that like, like the box score, you're exactly right, Phil. The box score is fine. But I didn't, but it, as far as the eye test goes, I didn't feel like there was enough creativity. And look, if Jefferson's going to be taken away, guess what? The opposing defense has to pay a price for that. That's the thing. They didn't pay a price. Like, if you want to take him away, okay, but now it's a pick your poison. And we are going to, and we are going to, um, the other thing is we're going to make Addison our second receiver. KJ Osborne started the game with Jefferson. And, you know, yeah. that pass that got picked off, look, I like 
K.J. Osborne, and I think he's a very productive player. But at times, O'Connell and Kirk treat him like he's a true two, and I think we've basically all decided he's not, and they did too when they drafted Jordan Addison. So uh, that's something I would like to see. I, I want to see, starting with the Philadelphia game, I, I want to see Jordan Addison be more involved because nothing he does looks like a fluke. Yeah, he's smooth, man. I mean, yeah, and, and damn good. That route he ran on the touchdown, he was tar- – so, by the way, here's the target distribution today. Jefferson, 12. Hawkinson, 9. So, Hawkinson had a weird game. He caught eight passes for 35 yards. Yeah. Uh, he did have a weird game. It didn't the feel like he big was losses. like those stats. Yeah, the, those yep. last two catches were negative eight yards total. So, he lost Super eight yards on, on two yeah. extra catches. So, he yep. was six six catches for 43 yards and wound up with eight catches for 35 yards. On that is great. And yep. then uh, K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison were each targeted six times. Addison with the four catches, 61 yards, and then K.J. with the three for 31, the, obviously yeah. the, uh, the interception. So, um, all right, let's keep it rolling here. This therapy session, Vikings vent line, Dex. Jonathan, you're up next year on Vikings vent line. What's going on? Oh, what's up, guys? Um, honestly, yeah, just to kind of carry off what Keith said, it's on, it's on Questy and KOC. Like, it's honestly, it's medical malpractice that you have – Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, who doesn't even play, and then Ed Ingram as your interior offensive line. It's just stupid at this point. Like, you come from Cleveland, who's got an amazing interior offensive line, and then you do nothing to fix it. You Not one signing, not nothing. And, okay, even if you sign Reisner now, so what? He didn't have a whole offseason. You can't just put him in there. It doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, I agree with Judd, too. Like, how many times was it second and 15, second and 13? We're doing a rollout throwing to Hawkinson, and it's just completely covered. It's just it's just frustrating at this point. Like, you see all these other teams, especially the, the good play callers, and there's so much space. I don't feel like, especially on the rollouts and the screen passes, there's no space. It's just swallowed immediately. So, um, I don't know. It's just so frustrating year after year. We just kind of see the same thing. I thought the defense did play better today. The second half was a bit frustrating, but like, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's new play caller, but I don't, and Matt Daniels, I know he's your buddy Judd, but like, man, come on. <laughs> they called a timeout on the field goal too. That was huge on the 57 yard field goal. They call, they wasted a timeout for nothing because they couldn't align. I think it was Lewis Seam who didn't know where he was. So it's just like coaching mistakes. Yeah. No, these are uh, these are all Jonathan. Thanks for coming on, man. Like on just on the defensive front, because I feel like I feel like there was a lot of really if they had won this game, a big part of our conversation would be, wow, how about that defense looked so different than last year? Just the different looks, the different personnel groupings and Ivan Pace. But because they wind up blowing the game and losing. But what were your thoughts overall watching that defense today, Judd? Well, I think that it proved, especially in the first half again, that we get too hung up on who the players are and not defensively what the scheme is. I love the scheme. It's great because, you know what, it's unpredictable and you don't know necessarily what's coming. There's no question in my mind, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but no question in my mind, third quarter into the fourth, they, they got gassed. Like, they're doing a lot out there. Like, this is a – what makes it fun in the first half also causes you to be tired in the second half. But, I mean, I thought it was a tremendous step. I agree. When, when I did the, uh, the TikTok at halftime, 
Judd TikTok. I was talking about that. Like, that was the positive. The defense in the first half, yeah. I thought, was absolutely outstanding. Josh Metellus played a ton. On one series that opened with a punt return by Tampa, Josh Metellus made the tackle on the punt return, and then he made, like, the key play on third down. Yeah. So, like, th- th- so he was probably playing too much, but it was still impressive. But, yes, the defense, I thought, was actually, for the most part, a highlight. Um, and it's too bad that they didn't win because I think if they had, there'd be a ton of focus on that. And now it's all, you know, for the most part, all going to be on the the offense. But our guy, our guy, Brian Asamoah, I don't know if you guys saw, I don't know what the snap count is, but it felt like he had about five or six snaps. Ivan Pace, when they go with two linebackers, and in the first series, Jordan Hicks was the only linebacker for, I think, that entire series. But Ivan Pace is clearly a starter. Brian Asamoah is clearly a backup. And there was one series in which Troy Dye came in. Yeah. And Asamoah did not. So, like, that just tells you how far down that depth chart Asamoah is. Yeah, and, and maybe some of it's just missing so much time in training camp. But then I was trying to warn everyone all offseason. We were you like, did. oh, Asamoah is going to be yeah. the number one lineman. It's like, based on what? He was a fourth. I'm not saying he's not doesn't have a chance, but he's a fourth-round pick who didn't play outside of special teams last year. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he still has some some work to do. Yeah, I yeah I think the the biggest worry going into the season and into the game was just our opposing offense is going to run the ball down your throat. Do you have enough in terms of interior defensive linemen, linebackers who can tackle? Like it just felt like kind of a, a light small defense. The Buccaneers ran the ball thirty three times today for an average of two yards per carry. So they were they were stopping the run all day long too. You know, the first drive of the game defensively, the Vikings blitzed. So they they sent six rushers on the first pass play of the game. So the four that were going to rush anyways, and then two extra guys. And then on the third down play, they showed seven or eight guys at the line of scrimmage and bailed almost all of them back. And Baker Mayfield got flustered by, you know, just like eight guys in coverage. And he threw a check down and worked per- like that. And now they got burned over the top a couple times too. But I loved it. And I thought... At the end of the day, like I would take this result from a yardage standpoint. I would take this defense for 16 more weeks and take my chances with it. So, all right, let's keep rocking here. Vikings Vent Line, Purple Daily YouTube channel. Dex, who's next? Bob. Bob in Bob. Pennsylvania. One of the OGs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you guys hear me? Bob. Yes. Oh, we got you, Bob. The floor is yours. Oh. Yep. All right, I just want to say that, you know, my friends, they always text me that when the Vikings lose, they're frauds. But, you see, they never intend to deceive anyone. They just stink. And I'll tell you who stinks. This is the list of stink, stank, stunk. Okay? It starts with the coaching staff. It starts, you know, it starts with the coaching staff, and it ends with the quarterback. So the coaching staff... Once again, they get a new defensive coordinator, and when the game is on the line, what do they do in corner coverage? The corners are 15, 16 yards away from the receiver to make an easy pitch and catch like Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. Man, he's great. You know, did all day long when their game was on the line, and they had to win it, and they won. Okay? So there's one thing. The next thing is the uh, the offensive line. You know, uh, what do you get when you don't start your starters 
at least one game in the offensive line. Somebody cramps up, somebody gets a tweak injury, centers out right away. You know, now you got your second string center. I think Barrisol might have been out for a play or two, but he wasn't 100%. Yeah. Okay. So the O line stinks. Yeah. The GM stinks because who do they draft? Anybody and everybody except new offensive linemen to protect Kirk Cousins, who can't get out of his own way, doesn't know how to throw a ball away, refuses to take a stand on when whoever makes the call on that sideline one-yard route where it never works or the route to C.J. Ham or the one-yard screen that the defense knows they're going to throw it, which never works out, which has been going on all through Kirk Cousins' lineage, you know. Take a stand, Kurt, and say, no, I'm not throwing that far. I'm going to switch it out and make an audible and change the play. But he won't do it. Anyway, uh, the other thing is the the defense, total defense. They stick. I don't see any changes. You know, you give the 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 defense, the defense allowed like three yards per play. I'll 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 be specific on who stinks. Harrison Smith stinks, okay? When they put down to Mike Evans, we're 44, you know, blew his coverage. You got a rookie 44 there. Harrison Smith is standing right in the middle of the field, free safety. Why can't he even make an effort to try to make a play on that, which he didn't? Easy touchdown. You know, I mean, come on. Harrison Smith is way overrated. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. He, wow. he, he is. That's Bob, what I see. You don't, Bob, I don't, you don't know what mean you that. Guys see, but that's what I see. Bob, wow. I'm still, what are you drinking, Bob? Coming in, coming in. I. I didn't see Bob's drink of choice. Right, but it, I, I, we never saw his face. We saw his ear for the last but three we, minutes. So. We became very acquainted with Bob's eardrums during yeah. that rant. The frustration from Bob is palpable. I mean, he just lashed out at Harrison Smith, which seemed that, okay, I get we're all frustrated here, but. I, yeah, I'm, look, I'm not going to blame the defense for t- today's problems. It would have been nice if they had gotten a pick or if they had forced a fumble, but guess what? They didn't. In my humble opinion, your problems today were offensive problems. They were not defensive problems. And, yes, yes, Metellus got beat on the Evans touchdown, but, you guys, we've talked about this. This defense, with what they're asking players to do, this defense is going to get beat at times. Like, it's, yeah, going, you, to, it's going to happen. What you don't want is to say, we're going to play too high shell, and we'll never get beat deep, and then get beat deep. That's the thing. So, like, yeah. you're, you're, you do have to build in some room for when you're changing things as much as they do. There's going to be some breakdowns for sure. But, uh, yeah, my problem is not with the defense off of this performance. It's the, it's the turnovers. So, yeah. Sometimes, so, sometimes yes. you know, we can we can sit here and twist the Rubik's cube around and this and that to the point where we blame Harrison Smith or whatever. But like, if you don't fumble twice in the first ten minutes of your season, yes, and if you back to back series, yes, yeah, exactly. and then if you don't throw an interception at the goal line before halftime, yep. you win this game comfortably. Yep, it's a game that you should have won comfortably. They moved the ball largely up and down the field. They did have some drives that were kind of duds. You know, and of course, you know, you had the, you know, Kirk was great fourth quarter last year, but that three and out they had, and they never got the ball back, right, with like a minute to go. Or what was it? With uh, I guess it was like four minutes to go. It was like a four-minute offense, and they never got the ball back. That was just a putrid drive. So there, there, it wasn't like the offense was perfect, but I think the issues were more first half man like you had a chance for this game to not be close at all in the fourth quarter and 
you just weren't ready. You weren't ready for the season. Sometimes that happens in week one where you just, it's been about seven months since we played a real football game, and I guess we're going to fumble the ball a few times. And and let's be upfront about this. They look like they might have been, and this is a huge mistake, it looked like they might have been thinking about Thursday night as well. Well, they better start thinking about Thursday night now. The offense looked like it might have been thinking about Thursday night as well. But, yeah, you, you nailed it. Three turnovers at home against Tampa is how you get upset. I'm going to withhold my hottest take for tomorrow, but I have a take on the offense that I will with that I will withdraw from from the chamber. Call from O'Connell. Call for O'Connell's head. Don't say it. I, I don't want to yep. know until just, until, until tomorrow. nine I've o'clock. Nine o'clock tomorrow morning Central Time. Are we live? We are going to be live every single day after Vikings games on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Nine o'clock a.m. Central Time. So Therapy. make sure you click the subscribe button and the like button. We're going to do hottest Vikings takes. We're going to do a pie chart tomorrow, a pie chart of blame, and some other fun stuff. We'll go around the NFL. So be there. Be there tomorrow. All right, Declan, who's up next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Steven next here. Steven, what's going on? You are on Vikings Ventline. Oh, uh, you're muted on your end, Steven. You just got to unmute yourself. Oh, there's a finger there. Oh, here we go. We got you. There you you go. Hey, I uh, just thought I'd let you know uh, the Eagles are uh, seventeen nothing uh, against uh, on the road in Philly right now. So I just hey. thought I'd uh, chirp in with that. And Wait, they're uh, oh, they're oh, because they're okay. Wow, so they're beating the Patriots handily. So they look great, is what you're saying. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, I initially wanted to bring the camera up and show you that we're in a one-game hole already. But uh, just a couple of things, offensive line. I'm not going to say number 67's name, but uh, there were five definitive plays where uh, he absolutely either could not cover the pass. Um, definitely, obviously, we talked about, you guys did earlier about uh, the little tip there. But uh, definitely five there. Uh, I'm going to talk about the other left guard. Uh, he missed a key block on the Hawkinson uh pass on the last uh, drive of the game. Um, I don't know. I guess you can see where I'm at with the uh, offensive line. Yeah. Uh, to blocking, I think uh, I think we kind of miss Cook in the running back blocking. I don't think Madison is nearly as good. I think it was evident, and maybe that's why uh, uh, C.J. Hamm is playing a little bit more in third, it was. third down. That was, I don't know, kind of evident to me. But uh, last thing I'll touch on, guys, is uh, – you know, I think they moved the ball fairly well. I agree with Judd about the defense playing well. But you think the timing was off? You know, uh, Cousins didn't get any uh, uh, pre, uh, preseason snaps. It just seemed like the – I mean, I, I got it. The offense moved the ball. But uh, it just didn't seem quite right. And then uh, I'll leave this with you, gents. Um, we can't have – uh, these lulls and doldrums uh, when we need to move the ball. I got it. Cousin moved the ball down in the third quarter and scored a touchdown. But this is Tampa Bay, man. This isn't uh, San Diego coming up. They're up seven to nothing right now. This isn't Patrick Mahomes, and this definitely is not the Eagles, where you take a quarter and a half off. So I'll leave you. Yeah, with man. Stephen, great comments, great stuff. Um, yeah, he covered a lot of ground there. I mean, I'm trying to trying to think of like one thing. I mean, the Ezra Cleveland. I guess you just you don't feel any differently about the interior of the offensive line than you did the last time they played a football game, which is I think the, that's to me that's one of the most frustrating things that I'm getting from the fans today on social today so far on Ventline comment section that here we go again with Ezra Cleveland, Ed Ingram, and like Bradbury's back too. The back thing's been lingering throughout his career. 
and at the end of last season, you get a center with a back problem in week one. And he got, and and they brought him back, gave him an extension. So like that's the other thing too is you've got to know. Like Bradbury was already sort of suspect, and I, and I know he had improved 2022, but now if he's got a back problem and a Schlotman, so like. Bradbury almost certainly won't play on Thursday now, but let's say he's out for a month. Is yeah. Schlotman really the guy? Is Schlotman very – it just – it puts you in a real predicament there, too, with, you know, it'd be different if you lost your center and you had a couple of real solid guards and you plugged in the new center and you're like, it's not ideal, but we got a couple of really solid guards. But that interior of that offensive line is potentially just mush. And so that's what that's what would worry me a lot. And I do think it was somewhat haughty to think you could just bring everybody back there and be fine and not have a plan at least to, like at some point in time, you need that plan to bail on Ed, right? Like if Ed Ingram struggles for three games, you can't be like, well, we'll see this out. No, you got to pull the plug. Yep. Yep. So, all right, let's keep it rocking here. Dex, who's next on Vikings vent line? All right, let's go to L. Is it L? Yes, sir. What's hey, up, man. buddy? Hey guys, um, a couple of things. Is it too uh, early to start the embrace the tank? Because um, Caleb Williams look amazing next year with this team and his boy uh, Jordan Addison. Because um, it, it it may look rough for the next three weeks, so we might be in embrace the tank mode already. So. I mean, dude, like I guess not many people thought they would lose this game. There are definitely some Vikings fans who've seen it all that, not, but not even Judd thought they were going to lose this game. So the, the right. fact that they lost it kind of kind of like it does rock you a little bit. And if we could just explore this path that L has brought up here for one second. Okay, just for one second. So they lost they lost the easiest game on paper on their schedule to start the season. And now in 4 days they're going to have to ice up. They've got an injured center, they got a banged up left tackle. Everything was kind of off and they're going to go into Philadelphia as underdogs on Thursday. So it's it is likely that they start 0-2. Right. Right. Stop me when I start saying things that are wrong. Okay. It's likely they start Owen too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me what I'm telling lies. And then uh, the three games after that are Justin Herbert coming to town at a Carolina team that feels feistier than maybe people are giving credit to, but it's a road game. Um, And then home against Patrick Mahomes. So you could start Owen two, and very easily lose two out of the next three and not, I'm just saying I mean like yep. if you started like one in four or something what is the conversation like in a month I just want to brace us for that because L brought it up yeah, I mean and that's I think what it's, I'm saying it, it, I think it's a tough off. conversation but I also think it's now possible like I mean as stupid as this sounds today was sort of a must win because it presented you a home game against a team that we know is not going to be that that good. By the way, that team didn't do anything where you're like, oh, watch out for Tampa now. Like Baker Mayfield no. was unbelievable. You know, oh, Baker Mayfield was great. Watch out for Tampa. They were, they not, they were bad. They, they were not good, and they still won. Like, that, that's, that's the tough right. thing. But but that's the point is like this was a this in my opinion was sort of a must win game or it was a must win game for the Vikings and then they got what they expected and they still lost despite the fact that they had every chance to win so yes it's very disappointing if they start one one and four I actually think there might be more heat on the GM than the coach I think there's more people questioning Quazy right now and I actually think that Quazy Adolfo Mens is going to take more heat than the coach based on moves that are going to, right or wrong, and I think it's right, because he is the GM, be blamed on him. 
I love right. how we have we have now said, hey, it's only one game. Let's not go crazy overreacting. And 50 minutes later, we're like, I'm, tank for a quarterback and fire the general manager. Like, what? I'm seeing I, I'm seeing a lot of people who are very upset at Quasi, um, who are basically saying, show me something. And in their opinion, at least, aren't seeing it. And it's getting harder to defend him. I will say that at times. It's getting harder to defend him. Somebody, you know, somebody, if Kevin O'Connell said the offensive line is fine, somebody should have really said it's not Kevin. Yeah, right. Al, go, go ahead. Well, one last thing on that note. That's why you don't get cute and trade, for, trade back for a safety. Because Seen, I mean, he, he's looking like a bust. So I'm saying you could have drafted an offensive guard at that position where you stayed at 12. Um, so that's all I'm saying. He inherited two great left and right tackles, you ha- you've had two years to get the inside of the line fixed, and you haven't. So maybe we should be really looking at the GM spot. Is, was he ready to be a GM in the league? I don't know. Yeah, man. Well, Al, thanks for raising a, a difficult but likely question that we're going to have to confront here at some point. Uh, Dex, who's next here on this therapy session of Vikings Vent Line? Yeah, let's go to Gabe next. Gabe, what's up, buddy? You're on Vikings okay. Vent Line. All right. I have two things to say. So one, so you know how Tampa started the season when they won the Super Bowl. They lost their first game of the season. One of the only Super Bowl teams to ever do to ever do that. I'm just saying Tampa did it. There's no, you, we're not counting. It's still week one. It's Judd still doesn't have one. the flag, but I mean, it's, it lines up. It lines up. Let's go. Tell, hey, stop Gabe when he's telling. Tell Gabe when he's telling lies. Tell Gabe when he's telling lies. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, also, our our defense. Um, I don't know why they stopped doing whatever they were doing in the first half because it was work. It was working out. Like they had pre- they had pressure almost every single every drop back against uh, um, Baker Mayfield, and then they stopped. Uh, it was a what, second three four. Drop back in the second half, and then they just stopped. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Yeah, it's what they were doing. It kind of felt like, and Gabe, we appreciate your optimism and a breath of fresh air here on this therapy session. It felt like, and and even Matt Ryan was commenting on the broadcast that um, he would even have done the same thing, which is show, 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 and then bail and, and basically make Baker Mayfield beat you. And I don't know that he like beat the Vikings, but he made enough plays here and there. He wasn't, he he was just kind of like what you would think, you know, throw for a couple hundred yards and I don't know, try dread your muted, by the way, try to outrun a couple linebackers that you clearly can't. Uh Oh, did we lose Judd? I don't know. He uh, sent us a note too, that he was having a weird audio thing too, but it's oh. a, he isn't muted on our local side here. So he might have to come out and potentially come back in. There should probably be room for him. Okay. Okay. Judd, actually, if you could just like pantomime your takes from this point forward, if you could like use stick figures and (laughs) (laughs) he's doing the Mr. Roboto now, I think. Um, Hey, before, as we, as we try to get Judd's uh, audio fixed here, before we keep rocking it, on Vikings vent line, a shout out to our friends over at federated federated insurance is like, I'll tell you what federated. I don't think would be, uh, would be hanging the quarterback out to dry when it comes to protection like that, because they're all about risk management and protection, making sure that your business is maximized through risk management tools and resources at federated uh, and federated insurance.com. You can find a full list of industries 
that they specialize in and see if it matches your business. Go to federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. Also, Summit Orthopedics is uh, is here as a partner of ours throughout the 2023 season, and they're here to help you, whether it's uh, maybe you hurt your back in the first half or maybe you got a little ankle problem or something, whatever it is, Summit Orthopedics can help you. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments, and they also offer orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m. Uh, across the 25 locations in the Twin Cities. SummitOrtho.com. That's SummitOrtho.com. And Dex, can you tell the audience real quick about yeah. Three Jack 2, one of our favorite restaurants in the Twin Cities? Absolutely. Yeah, Three Jack's a great spot. You can find the find them in the North Loop. You can get your golf swings in, obviously. They have a great lunch option. They have men's leagues. They have women's leagues, too. They have all sorts of leagues options there as well. And, of course, uh, they have great game day specials. So I know it started off with a little bit of a dud, but you got Thursday night football coming up, Thirsty Thursday, one of my favorite days of the week. Why don't you go enjoy yourself at Three Jack here in Minneapolis if you're in the area. Go to Three Jack and ThreeJack.com to book that simulator bay and stay up to date on all those great menu options. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Vent Line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. What's going Justin, on, what's up, man? You all hear me? Yeah, yep. we got you, Justin. All right, so like I was saying in the comments, I'm definitely going to be a glass half empty kind of guy. You guys That's okay. <laughs> it's the second time calling. First time uh, was when uh, we won, so I'm dealing with a little bit of uh, anxiety right now. But uh, what's the percentage of teams that make it to the playoffs starting known to? Not very high. Okay. I, I knew this was going to come up. I knew this would come up today. And they're facing one of the best teams in the league on the road in four days. Which so, is winning right now, yep. Exactly. If it couldn't get any worse, I mean, I'm watching Red Zone through my door into the living room right now. Eagles are looking dang good. Uh, Lions already won on Thursday night. And uh, Jordan Love is threading needles to Romeo Dobbs in the end zone. So, here we oh, go, guys. Um, oh, God. Couple, couple takeaways. Deep right? breaths. Um, Ed Ingram, what are you doing, bud? Right, it's the feet, now it's the hands. Can somebody explain to me what this dude's technique is? And by God, Quazy's got to go. I know we've talked about it a lot during this event session, but this dude's got a lot of busts. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wow, Justin, people are Justin's the first person to, like, people are questioning and kind of tap dancing around it. It's only been a year and a half. I think Justin's the first one to come on here and just flat out say what other people might be thinking. Just, he's, it's he's not, it be. hasn't worked yet. Exactly. Um, besides that, Brian Flores' defense looks fun. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, looks like uh, a lot of our guys got gassed. Probably I, I didn't look at the time of possession, yeah. but it felt like it was 50-50. I'll have to take a look at the stat line after this. But that's all I had to say, guys. I, I'm not really too sure what's going on with this team, but 0-2 uh, is on the horizon. Wow. Justin in North Carolina. Thanks for coming on, man. Justin just came in after the first game of the year and yep. fired the general manager live on Ventline. I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're going more and more towards that frustration. 
There's just a lot, a lot of things. And I will say this, there's a frustration, and I get it, that the Jefferson contract didn't get done now, too. So, like, I think that there's a lot of... Among fans, you're saying, Among fans. Well, I mean, there might be among Jefferson's people. I just want to be sure, because you are, you know, a former... And there might be frustration. I'm just going to take a guess here. I'm guessing the head coach is not thrilled. Like, I'm guessing that, like, the head coach is not in charge of the purse strings here. I'm guessing he's not thrilled. But, But the point is, I think we are... I think if it's... If it's like a accumulation of things, you know, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, who I don't think played a snap on defense today. Dude, neither one of those like, guys did. They basically r- rotated me in there on defense a couple times. I mean, Brian Flores was going to get people from the stands because he uses so many rotations. But yeah. anyway, I think there's a, I think there's a legitimate frustration that the fan base has, and it's getting harder, as I said, to argue with them. Like to yeah. say you're wrong. I think that's kind of the thing, and I'm not there yet. I want to see. Yeah, I'd I, like to see a, a full second season, whatever. But like, absolutely. But it is hard right now to say, hey, if we ha- if we were doing a staged debate show, like uh, like the Skip Bayless show or whatever, like first take. We've been accused right? of that, by the way. We have. It's not true. We don't. We 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 swap topics and stuff, but we don't swap. No, takes. it is true. Okay. What, what are you talking about? That that's very true. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, Phil Mackey. Let me tell you. Let me something. tell you something, brother. But uh, but like if we were to do that and say, all right, Judd, so you're going to argue for firing Quasey, but I'm going to have to sit here and argue that, no, it's working and he's doing great. That would be a really hard position, if not impossible, to argue right now. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. All right, who's next? We're an hour into this therapy session here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Who's next? Chris, what's up, buddy? You're on Vikings Vet Line. What's up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we yep. got you, Chris. Hey, man. All right, all right. So first off, um, as you can see behind me, we got the Michigan State stuff. So my Sunday is looking rough. Mel Tucker just got fired. Vikings lost. Yeah. Wow, that's a, dude. That's a real tough one. Yeah, on it's, a, Tucker, it's a rough huh? day today. But, um, mm. so hey, yeah, you know. my, most of my takes have to do with uh, the offensive line because those, those are our main questions, right? The, de- the defense and then the offensive line, defense looked pretty good. First of all, Bradbury is not looking like he was worth the contract. He had the back problems going into it. Back problems again. We probably should have looked somewhere else with Pochich or whoever that New York Jets guy was. And then if Breisner doesn't get a call after that game, I don't know what we're doing. We had Judd Zolgad playing running back. CJ Ham slow CJ Ham because we didn't trust the offensive line to wrong. be able to block anybody. You're right. Just, it's it's rough. Kirk Cousins didn't look comfortable the whole game. He missed some easy throws. You know, threw that one pass to KJ Osborne way behind them for the interception. It, yeah. So, okay, the, no, by it. the way, uh, Chris, wow, with Michigan State and the Vikings, we just hope that you make it to the end of the day. Just, I would not leave <laughs> your room. Just bubble wrap. Yeah. Just be, be safe out there today. Or can't yes. get any worse. Uh, I really well. can't, yeah. <laughs> so thanks for coming on, Vikings Ventline. Appreciate you. On the C.J. Ham front, I think what we saw today, and maybe some of it's like Miles My- Gaskin, um, he's jumping right into the into the team here, and maybe he- maybe he's more ready like Thursday or-, or week three or something. But I think they trust C.J. Ham in pass protection and blitz pickups more than the other guys at running back, and that's why he's out there more. Maybe they don't. Tr- I mean, Alex Madison. I know he's been a third down back at times, but like he's not a gr- he's not a great pass catcher, and he's not a great. Uh, pass protector either but the problem is cj ham is the least explosive threat to break an actual offensive play for more than like two and a half yards so i don't know what they do 
CJ Ham is super respected and like his teammates and I think the coaching staff love him, which is awesome to have a guy like that. But if you want to use a player like the Vikings used him today, you need a better player. Yeah. Like he's a role guy, he's a special teams guy. What the Vikings are doing and in Flores in particular with Josh Metellus is, is impressive and Josh Metellus is like in my opinion, he did get it looked like he got beat for a touchdown, but in my opinion, he is rising to the occasion. He's making a ton of plays. He's turned, you know, for a six-round pick, he's turned out to be a very nice player, I think. Um, it's almost like O'Connell was like, okay, I got one of those too, C.J. Ham. C.J. Ham, if you're going to do that, you need a better player. You need a guy who is a consistent pass-catching threat. The other problem with the C.J. Ham thing is this, and we saw it a couple times today, C.J. Ham gives Kirk the perfect excuse to go back to being Kirk. You will rarely, if ever, see what KOC and I like to call an opportunity ball thrown by Kirk if CJ Ham can catch the check down. It's a safety blanket. He's yeah. A sa- yeah I, I, you know, you have to, not to be completely insulting about this, but it's my opinion that you have to remove the baby blanket from Kirk's crib um, fairly often. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't want that. Oh my God, I can throw it to CJ on a, on a slip screen for two yards. No, I don't want that. So like well, that's that yeah. that's my issue with it. It actually goes beyond Ham, who again I think is extremely popular and I think in the right role is good. But I mean, I think when the snap count comes out, we're all going to be bowled over by how much CJ Ham played. You know, like as a as a running back or as a, a running fullback in his career, and this is his seventh year now in the NFL. He let's see here. He's only carried the ball thirty six times, mostly like short yardage. Sometimes it'll be like a third and one or something. So it's He's not being asked to gain eight yards, but he literally averages 2.7 yards per carry as a carrying back. Now, if you're on the one-yard line, you you don't have a chance to gain six yards. So, in fairness, as a pass catcher, you know, he's only caught 70 passes in six years. So, their usage of him today was as if he is your, like, co-starting running back. But I don't know that he's a guy that's, like, the, the opposing team would love him to be in there because you don't really have to account for him as a guy that's going to break a big play, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, I think he's only broken like three plays over twenty-five yards in his entire career. Yeah, so. and that's not, <laughs> and that's not his job. Like that's not what he does. I'm, I'm just saying, if you're going to go with a guy and use him as much as they did, then I think you got to get a better guy to, to play that role. Yep. All right, let's keep it rocking here. Vikings vent line therapy session. Vikings lose week one to the Buccaneers at home. Deep sigh. Jared, hey guys, what's, what's up, going dude? On? What's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, Jared. Um, yeah, so two quick notes. Um, I'd say that the offense, they, they should promise, right? Like, they showed some explosive plays. Um, it was kind of like death by a thousand cuts. I trust O'Connell to kind of button that up, right? So, so it's not you don't see those turnovers and those kind of sloppy mistakes. So I have faith in the offense still. But the defense, to me, is where the issue lied. Um, if you look at the second half, I don't think they got – so devil's advocate a little bit. In the second half, I don't – they didn't get a single stop. So first drive was a touchdown. Second drive was a field goal. Third drive, third and 10 converted for first down, right? So defense yeah, didn't get a single stop. The third quarter was weird well, because each team only had the ball once. So, yeah, it was like they, they were like 0 for 3 or something defensively. Right. So if you turn the tape back a little bit to the first half, if you plug in any of the top 20 quarterbacks above 25, above Baker Mayfield – I think that offense is moving. Um, he was he was just missing passes that were just absolute layups. So uh, I, 
I think our defense is going to get massively exposed here on Thursday. Um, and I think the, the offense will probably button up a little bit. It's still the, the Eagles defense, but I don't know. That's just kind of my opinions. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Jarrett, thanks for coming in, man. And keep in mind, too, though, that Jay Ward penalty took you from a field goal to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a bad, that's an awful mistake again. So, like, I mean, yep. I I find it very hard to dump on the defense. Sorry. I just, I find it, and, and yes, uh, he's got some good points about what they did and did not do. Um, but this team is, this team basically is looking for Brian Flores to come in with a system that makes the defense respectable. And I think we can all agree that the defense was respectable today. Like, you don't say, like, oh, my God, was that a mess. And you also say what cost you this game and what cost you the game was the offense. And real quick, one last thing on the defense. And it's and yeah, they there was a couple drives that made you cringe in the second half when you you have a chance to put the thing away, you know, they they bent a little bit, but you're it, it is an NFL game and even the best defenses are going to allow 16 17 points on average in a game. So you're like you're going to give up 17 points in an NFL game, maybe 20, and you don't have to apologize for that. But just just on the on the yards per play front. I just want to put this into context last season the vikings were tied for the third worst defense in the nfl yards per play allowed six yards per play allowed all season last year Mm -hmm. today it was three and a half that's a monumental jump in terms of yards per play so the best defense in the league last year was the philadelphia eagles actually they were tied with the new york jets so this is full season Best defense in the NFL yards per play, 4.8 yards per play allowed. Vikings, again, were three and a half today. I'm not saying it's sustainable. You're not going to face Baker Mayfield every week. Right. That number is going to jump maybe even on Thursday night. But let's let's not let, like, oh, a couple of drives went haywire or this play, that play. Like, there's a certain number of those in NFL football games. You would take three and a half yards per play on defense every single day of the week, and it would be, quite frankly, an historical season if you could maintain that level of of, of defense. And I'm, I'm seeing comments here about how bad the Tampa Bay offense is. And, yes, Baker yeah. Mayfield does not press me or you guys, but I will say this. you They've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and those two guys are very good. I mean, that Godwin catch at the end was phenomenal. That is a great catch. He juggled it, bobbled it, and somehow pulled the ball in for a first down, but I'm, but the Tampa Bay receivers are not awful. And so yeah, it's, it's not so a great not, offense. I mean, no, no, but I'm, but I mean, it's not like it's full of nothing but slappies. The receivers yeah. are actually good and they made some nice plays and they're going to beat you on occasion, you know? So it's, if we expected that the defense was going to give up seven points a game, then our expectations were wrong. But you were supposed to. So let's let's go through the sort of the woulda shouldas here, and then we'll get to. So you you, uh, you had a dumb neutral zone infraction that led to four more points. Correct. So that's so let's. So Tampa Bay was supposed to score sixteen points in this game. They scored twenty. Well, uh, and you had a Tampa Bay field goal that was a direct result of the defense uh, buttoning down and playing well after one of the turnovers. I think it was the second one. Yep. So so, so that's three so, points. So, but let's say Tampa was supposed to score like 16 points ish. Okay. The Vikings offense was supposed to score probably 30, if not for the two fumbles and giving away an interception on the goal line. Like this was supposed to be a 28 to 16 or a 30 to 16 win based on game flow. And you 
yeah. shot yourself in the foot three times or five, or like five times. Yes. <laughs> These penalties. Yes. So, all right, Dex, who's next on Vikings Vent Line therapy session? Grant, what's up, buddy? Hey, Grant. What's going on? Oh, my God, have I been waiting to get on here. I have Fire away, that- dudes. The floor is yours right now. Love, Go ahead. Love the jersey, though. Great jersey. Thank you. I j- it just came in the other day. Nice. I, was pretty, I, was pretty I love those. They are great. Don't burn but, it. All right. So, first thing, Baker Mayfield sucks. That dude is terrible. The fact that we just lost to him, like, that's insane. Jordan Addison is a dog. We all knew that. Kirk, okay. <laughs> when I saw when, when I saw Kirk throw that like little out route to Jordan Addison, when Justin Jefferson had the button route wide open, I knew immediately uh, this is the same Kirk. He's not learning. He's not like he predetermined for that snap that he was going to throw to him. At, at least that's what it seems. Je- and Je- Jefferson let him hear it after the play. Jefferson yeah, Jefferson pointed back at him and chirped him and was like, "What are you reading on that play?" No, for sure. And it's like, and that's what, like, I mean, I probably have like 15 notes in here, but like, I really don't need to say more than just like those two and this, like, I feel like the biggest thing on all of our minds right now is Jefferson's contract. Like mm-hmm. what, what, like, like I, I, I view Jefferson as a team player. Jefferson isn't going to be asking for some crazy absurd amount of money. So it's like, what's going on here? Like give the guy what he wants. Like we need, like, Give him whatever he wants, basically, within reason, yeah. right? So it's like, what's going on here with Quasey? Why is this deal not done? And at the same time, okay, so if the deal's not done, now we're in the position of – I think J.J. knows that Kirk's not the guy. So uh, Kevin O'Connell either has to sell J.J. on his ability to develop a quarterback or his he has to sell him on his commitment to go get one. And, I mean, is Jaron Hall the guy? Like, you know, you've, you've brought up Grant because I think a lot of people are worried that, hey, you can't move on from Kirk Cousins because you can't tell Justin Jefferson. You're, you can't take, a, you know, a top 12 quarterback away and then move into the unknown or he's going to want to walk. Right. And you've kind of said the other thing, which is, well, what if Jefferson, who used to play with Joe Burrow in college, by the way, what if what if what if Jefferson looks at Cousins and he's like, I, mean, I like Kirk and Kirk has definitely helped me get a lot of yards, but in terms of winning a championship, what if Jefferson says, he's a nice guy, but he's not like Patrick Mahomes or Joe, but he doesn't have that championship dog in him, right? Kirk is a good quarterback. And I think Jefferson has a lot to be grateful for being in having Kirk as a quarterback coming in. Cause Kirk's always like, if you're open, like he's usually going to hit you. Like he's pretty accurate, but he can't win a Super Bowl, and I'll—I'd I'll, be lying if I say he didn't trick me again this off season. That freaking guy! I was the last game—the last game of the playoffs last year. I said Kirk is gone. That last throw on fourth down against the Giants, I said he's gone. He brought him back, and then I was watching some stuff, reading some stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, KOC thinks he's turning the corner," and he got my hopes up again. No, he sucks. <laughs> he's still Kirk. Yeah, no, he needs more Brett Favre. He doesn't have the Brett Favre. You like that? One, two, three. You like that? You've been watching Netflix. You watch quarterback. Watch, you, you got you yeah. got sucked in. Yep, you watch quarterback. Someone, hey, someone sent me a screenshot that I don't remember us noticing. There's a moment where he's driving home after the playoff loss. I think yeah. with his wife. They're just in the car, yeah. and it's kind of quiet. Yeah. 
And yep. one, one of the cameras was in the back seat looking out the front windshield, and someone sent me a screenshot. Kirk's on the freeway, and he's driving 54 miles an hour. Yeah, we talked about that. Of course that. he is. We, we talked talk about that. Of course he is. Yeah, we talked about that. Well, that, that's <laughs> the one that where, his, where his wife actually sounded more upset about the loss than he did. He where was he, upset, yeah. but yeah. She, but she was pissed, and she should have been pissed. <laughs> She's like, you're, you're, you're supposed to be the leader of the team. Well, you, you know what, though? This is going to be a pretty hopeless case if Kirk Cousins is getting his ass kicked in the first quarter of most games. And like today, we saw it again. Again, that's what that's what's frustrating. It's because, the interior offensive well, line. And the yeah. Netflix special, like the Netflix special basically gave a play-by-play of what this team couldn't afford to have occur again. And yet and they basically ra- ran it back. Exactly. That's the thing yeah. is like the one thing, the one thing that I will give Kirk completely is I came away from that show two things. One, I had no idea how bad he got his ass kicked consistently. And two, he's a tough hombre. He's a tough SOB. And but you also say as a football fan, you can't keep that up. You know, you're no. 35. So that oh, yeah. you know, that was frustrating. And Ingram, you know, today didn't appear to take any steps. Um, so I think that there is justification to be frustrated with Kirk as well, but also just the circumstances of not improving things when when if you were going to keep him, you had to improve some things. Yeah. For sure, and, and it's like, like it, it's it's really great how how he's being able to stay healthy. Like, I mean, he's missed what zero games since he's been with us. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, especially the shots that he's taken. But I will say, I took something a little. I, what I took away from that Netflix special was a little bit different than you, Chad. You said you thought he was tough after that. I mean, if you're if you're like Justin Jefferson or one of your offensive, well, anybody else on the team, and you see your quarterback coming off the field going. Uh, uh, your your coach asks you if you're okay, and you go no. Like I, I didn't, get, it. You're hurt. I didn't you're, say he didn't whine. I didn't say he, he didn't whine. He uh, does but, whine. But like, you don't need to make the noises. You don't need to. You make know, the noises. I I, I will say I'll say this. <laughs> Another thing from that Netflix deal. Thanks, Grant. That has uh, in Grant great stuff, dude. Let's get Grant on Ventline again. Awesome, great, great points. But um, the Tuesday thing is something that has kind of raised some eyes just in and around football, like uh, that he takes 24 hours off on. Now, this week he won't because it's a short week, but he he has committed to taking Tuesdays off, and it's he's not going to study film. He's not going to come in or anything like that. And when I saw that initially, I was like, whatever, dude. Like, you get your work in if that's what gets you charged up. And I have kind of heard that. Not in the Vikings locker room necessarily, but that's not at all common, especially for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks so. want to come in and help game plan on their off day. Yes, that but now we're exactly bl- now we're blaming right. Kirk for the loss well, actually, today. I, I was going to say this: starting next week, I also am going to take Tuesdays off, twenty-four hours. Just spend time with Dawn. Spend time with Dawn and Stella. Are you going to watch the Twins game if it's on, or are you going to you're going to avoid that? Too? I'm just going to go for walks. Okay. I'm just going to walk around my block with Dawn all day long. Just commit to Don and Stella. Uh, well, Stella, by the way, uh, I, I know that whether you spend 24 hours with her or not, I know she's going to be tugging at you for some Nutrisource on Tuesday next week, right? And so is Maya. Nutrisource officially sponsoring Vikings Vent Line this season. Oh, Look at Stella with her little right Nutrisource there. training treats. Yes. Oh, yeah. And every, every time that she goes out, it's a well-orchestrated uh, uh, gamut that she runs to make sure that she gets the training rewards treats that she loves so much. Look at that side-eye from Maya right there. I bet she oh, wants yeah. to be fed right now. Yeah, that's Maya, that's Maya being like, uh, hey, uh, we're within the hour window of dinner time, oh. so I can start begging you for food, right? 
Oh, look at, look at the Vinster. Yeah, and then the Vinster, who uh, who doesn't like his haircut, sometimes doesn't like getting his bath, but at least he gets his Nutrisource treats, and he'll still give you those side eyes, too, stare that uh, Maya and Stella do so, so well. Nutrisource is the official pet food of Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer somewhere near you. All across the country, based in Minnesota, but all across the country, Nutrisource Pet Foods. Uh, a couple other things here, too, before we get into our final batch of Ventline therapy. So we have launched a new wing of the Scornorth shop, the Purple Daily shop as well. Scornorth.com slash shop. And you can find a merchandise wing where we've got all sorts of Purple Daily related swag. But then there's a collectibles wing. It's, again, Scornorth.com slash shop. Click on collectibles. And you can find some of the coolest memorabilia for your man cave, for your office. Uh, we just flashed across the YouTube channel here a one-handed catch in Buffalo by Justin Jefferson that you may have remembered from last year. Framed and signed photo. That's the most popular thing that the Purple Daily audience has been purchasing the last two or three weeks. But check it out, scornorth.com slash shop and click on collectibles to deck out your man cave. Uh, and Judd, I know that uh, the purple lost today, but you don't have to lose with your uh, electrical wiring at home, thanks to Finch Home Solutions and the best van in the Twin Cities. But absolutely perfectly. In fact, show the van if we can, of course, because that van's going to show up at your house whenever you have an issue, big or small. I mean, if you need an outlet replaced, guess what? That that van right there, that's going to show up at your home. If you need your entire house rewired, which you know what? Sometimes with old houses, you do. Finch Home Solutions, my friend Cody, who I'm sure is who I'm sure can commiserate with you fans right now uh, because he is also a big purple fan, but Finch is going to show up. Finch is going to get the job done. I've used them. Sports dad has allowed them in his house. That's right. Wow. I don't, I don't even allow That's Declan in, in my house. The Vinster probably not Declan, uh, but I allowed Finch in my house. Courteous, efficient, professional, no, that's not. Yo, you better not use my bathroom. Dude, yeah, apparently you spent three hours in your bathroom today. You not think three that's... hours. There yeah, you're not coming to use my trips. Uh, you know, as, as many as many third down conversions well, as the Buccaneers you know had today. I had trips to the bathroom. You, know what? Right? you guys Back... make fun of my stomach issues. I'm yeah. like, I mean, oh. Declan's like the Declan's like the guy or the gal on the plane ride that had to turn around. Apparently. Oh no, 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 no. Not can we bad. get? Can we not talk about that during my fine read for Finch? Six sorry. Six one two five zero two thirty three eleven or FinchHomeSolutions.com. They are quick. They are efficient. FinchHomeSolutions.com. And and again, if you call Cody to get some work done in the next couple of days, you can break down this loss. But more importantly, talk about what what might happen from a good standpoint in Philadelphia. Maybe an upset win. So thanks to uh, all of our sponsors here on Vikings Vent Line. Let's keep it rolling here. Therapy session. Vikings lose inexplicably. Uh, Nick, uh, what's, Nick going what's going on? on? Hey, guys. How we doing? What's up, what's Nick? Up, Nick? Um, uh, can we put, uh, can we put, let's put Nick, Nick back, back, in. back in? We've got feedback. I, I don't know. That was kind there. of a weird deal there. A little feedback try, issue. Uh, let, let's try Jimmy instead. We'll go to Jimmy next on Vikings Hey, what's Jimmy, up, what's guys? Up? Hey, Jimmy. So I think I speak for all Vikings fans when I say what the actual fudge. Um, we had an entire offseason to really reflect on what contributed to the majority of our losses last season. That was untimely three and outs, untimely offensive lulls, turnovers and plus side, on plus sides of the field, and, uh, and the poor interior offensive line, and none of that got addressed today. Uh, we had an entire offseason to address the interior offensive line, but yet we want to carry four tight ends on the active roster instead while Dalton Reisner sitting on his couch watching us lose to Baker Mayfield. 
And then you had all the hype coming into today, honoring Coach Grant with the throwback uniforms. And that's the performance you lay out today for all the fans. It's having really high expectations for maybe not a 13-win season, but with a retooled firepower offense, a retooled defense, and you lose to a team that well, might make the playoffs, but with a below 500 record because they play in the worst division in football. So I think there's a lot of questions that need to be addressed in that, uh, especially from last season that weren't addressed today. So I, as a fan, I'm very, very disappointed. And uh, and I, I agree with a lot of what people were saying about possibly tanking for Caleb Williams or inquiring crazy. Wow. Jimmy, look at Jimmy. Add Jimmy, Jimmy to the list, man. The double whammy. He, he came in with a double whammy. Tank for Caleb and fire the GM. Jimmy. Wow. That was, uh, it's now the second, that's the second person who's after one game. I'd love to know what percentage of Vikings fans, if they lose in four days on Thursday night, if they start 0-2, and this is a safe space to speculate on things like this. I think we've tried to squash the notion that you must always root for your team to win every single game. I mean, there does come a point in your franchise where, taking a step back to take two steps forward could be a great thing, right? Um, at what point does the rooting interest start to turn for most Vikings fans? Is it 0-2? Okay. Is it 1-4? Like, what is it? One game in, has your opinion changed that they could be bad enough to actually tank or be terrible? Because I still don't see it. I don't think they can be that bad like unless there's a couple big yes. injuries. Kirk Kirk would have to get hurt yes. or Jefferson or, like, there'd have to be oh, a couple, yeah. or Daniil or something. Yes. And and all of a sudden now you're operating without like three of your four best players. Yeah, I I think worst yeah. case they're going to back into seven to eight wins. Yeah, m- most likely you need significant injuries, but I would uh, I need more of a sample size to see where I want to go with that. And again, I have a I have, I have a good hot take for tomorrow after after this loss. Okay. Oh man, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, Purple Daily yeah. YouTube channel. We're going to do live streams the day after Vikings games starting with our hottest Vikings takes after we sleep on it. All right, Dex, who's next on right, Event Line let, Let's try Panicked Nick. This is two different, there's two different Nicks in our green room. We're going to try Panicked Nick, who I believe is puffing on a cigar or something out there. A uh, little more than cigar, but got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you guys doing today? Thank you for having me. First time caller. I appreciate it. Um, nothing crazy. I'm, I just want to say that I really like B-Flow's defense. I it was so good to see some refreshing pressure constantly and just constantly not just giving those 20 yard up the middle all the time. But I also want to say um, after this first game, do we go get Reisner? Is this the time? What do you, what do you think, think? Am I jumping the gun too soon? Or no, like- no. Well, no. Well, one, you're not, but two, and, and the argument to be made for it is now that we're past week one, his contract wouldn't be guaranteed. Exactly. Um, here's my problem. Yeah. I don't have faith that they're going to. I I think that they are fairly haughty about this whole thing and think that they can fix things. I have my doubts about that. And and you know what? If I'm Kirk on that part about it, I'm pissed off because I'm like, I'm getting my ass kicked again, really? Um, from my personal point of view, I think it would be a very good move to get some insurance. Exactly. I, have very, I have very little faith the Vikings are actually going to do it and will be pleasantly surprised if they do. But I think but what he, I would add to that, though, is like I, I, would, I would probably sign Dalton Reisner because he at least makes your offensive line room better. But at the same time, maybe, but at the same time, he's 26 years old. Why is he available still? Like what if, if he was an offensive line saving addition, there's a lot of teams in the league that would love some interior offensive line help. And the Vikings are near the top of that list. 
what is it about him, his personality, his what he looks like on tape, right? I just it's weird that if if he is an impact player for a starting like as a starting offensive lineman, why is he available still? I guess Denny right hook Russell Wilson, and yeah. he, that, but, that yeah. might be part of it. That's probably. <laughs> Probably yeah. a reason why Sean Payton would too if he could. So let's not. Uh, <laughs> he might actually. Point, let's not pick right. on Dalton Reisner. I, uh, right, the Broncos right. do have six points in the first half right now against Oakland. So okay. things are going well offensively for them. For them, appears. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for what you do, and I'll leave it All right. to you. Guys. Thank Panic, you, Nick. Appreciate stuff, it, man. Nick. It's rocking it. Uh, Dex, who do you want to go to next here on Vikings Vent Line? All right, let's go to Mike in San Antonio. Mike, what's up, pal? What's up, guys? Uh, just want to start uh, by saying something I was optimistic to see in the game. Um, this is the first game, I think, in two seasons where we didn't watch the opposing team walk up the field and just score. Um, I was The secondary was super aggressive. Um, going against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like that's not nothing. Um, so I think we can feel good about that. Um, some things that I was not okay with, I think I was on the vent line after the playoff loss, and I'm ready to call year one of uh, Kwesi's first draft a bust. I'm just – Brian Osamoa did not play very much. It's like who – other than Jalen Naylor making that one special team play, like who did anything – from year one draft. I mean, so Ed a, a Caleb a Evans is yeah. is a starter, right? So I guess, yeah. but he's the best pick right now, correct? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of one of those things where I don't think that we addressed any of the issues on offense. If anything, we slightly downgraded. Um, yeah. We didn't, you know, go after a center. We didn't go after any of the, uh, you know, free agent guards having two of the lowest rated guards last year. It's just kind of one of those things where I feel like from offense, we kind of were stagnant, if not got a little worse at running back. And then uh, on defense, we primarily, it almost seems like we were sold a bill of goods that if we just focused on improving the defense, then that would, you know, turn into automatic wins. And that didn't really happen. Um, Yeah. It kind of shows you too. And by the way, Mike in San Antonio, thanks for coming on here on Vikings vent line. It kind of shows you, that there is no like the defense was better today. This was this was one of the best defensive performances that they've had in like two years, th- maybe like three years, because Mike Zimmer's defense was really bad for a couple years too. There's a lot of ways for the luck pendulum to swing back and forth in the NFL, and it swung largely one way every single time in 2022. It swung toward the Vikings, and today, if if you were to play this game flow out and outgain an opponent the way that they did today, and you were to, and you, you could even turn the ball over a few times against a team like that and win like three or four times out of ten. But it's a new season. The luck pendulum swung a different way, and it's the first time they've lost a one-score football game in the regular season since 2021. How many games did the Vikings, and I, I don't know the answer to this, but how many games... Did the Vikings win last season when they lost the turnover battle by three, though? Uh, I don't know. I'm willing Dex, to bet Dex, they... do you want to look that up? Yeah, I'll look that up Dex, for can, yeah. can you look that up? Does it matter? Um, Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just sure. Probably no, it, none no, is my guess. It matters, and that's what I was going to, it matters, yeah. to, to say. But, you know, the Vikings created... The Vikings 
a year ago. I will give them this. They created their own luck in some cases. Like the Jefferson catch was partially fortune, but partially one of the most unbelievable catches because Kirk threw a pass there and it got caught. So I felt like the Vikings, while they did definitely get fortunate a lot and things went their, their way, also created more opportunities for things to go their way. And that's what I didn't see offensively today at all. Today, today I saw a lot of, for the most part, I saw caution at times from Kirk that I that sort of reminded me of the Giants' playoff loss. He, in fact, he threw a pass that was a flashback to Hawkinson. That was, a, I think, a, a loss of yard to Hawkinson. It's like, what are, what are you doing here? Yeah. So you know, there are some things. I I think when they break down the film, there are certainly corrections to be made on defense, but I think on offense, there's going to be a lot of questions about the play calling, about the play of the quarterback, and about how the hell to get the offensive line to improve. And I'm sorry, I don't think it can include C.J. Ham just being out there in perpetuity. Yeah. Of the uh, eight guys they drafted in 2022, only one of them was a major contributor today, week one, you know, two yeah, seasons later. a problem. He's right. It was a it's a Caleb Evans fourth round pick. Ty Chandler yep. actually scooted around on a couple plays. Ty, Ty Ty Chandler looked pretty good on a couple plays, but uh, I think snap count wise, he was a distant third to both CJ Ham and oh god yeah and Alex Madison. So and then Jalen Naylor made a nice little tackle on a special teams play. But I guess if you get a good special teamer and a well, fourth wide receiver with a sixth round pick, it's that's fine. But but you can't have your first round pick not play except special teams. Your second round pick, Booth, not play ex- except for special teams. And then your other second round pick, Ingram, was at least involved in. He might not, not have been the only person at fault, but he was at least involved in a turnover and didn't play well, I don't think. Yep. Like that's, yep. a tr- that's trouble right there. Well, let's see if we got the feedback issue solved with Nick here. Again. Can you guys hear me better? Mm. Let's feedback again, guys. Yeah. Nick, we'll have to try you again next time. Can we, we just hear, have some audio like, issues? On my end, if Nick just talks, I don't get the feedback. But if we talk, I get feedback. Okay. Let's bring Nick in, and we'll be quiet. Nick, we're going to bring you in. You give uh, give us your take on the game. Yeah, and man, then we'll okay. I just want to say the thing that frustrated me the most was in the fourth quarter, we had two three and outs. And to me, that was very frustrating. And in the first half, we had a – the chance to step on their throat and we never took advantage of the chance and when you let a bad team hang around and I don't know if they're really bad but when you do that's going to come back and bite you and bit them today and last but not least um, I just want to thank you Judd for I'm the guy who sent you the random message questions on Twitter and you always answer them and I want to say thank you for that but I just want to say thank you guys for the great content and I look forward to coming on again Thank you. Boom. Awesome, Nick. Nick. Thank you, man. He's got the the Just One Before I Die t-shirt, which you can find at scorenorth.com slash shop as well. Nick, repping the brand. Appreciate that. Well, any just final thoughts here just on this vent line? We're going to do so much more content tomorrow on Purple Daily starting at 9 o'clock live on the YouTube channel. But just as we wrap the first Vikings vent line of the 2023 season, just final thoughts from you guys. It would be a lot more fun on Thursday not to have to do a repeat therapy session, but I have my doubts. Yeah. It's going to be a little rough potentially in Philly. I know they're kicking kicking Patriots' butt already. But uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, this was the one game you just you couldn't slip up. We we teased it, we talked, we discussed it that hey, let's just all chalk up Philadelphia as most likely a loss going into the season. So just don't slip up, don't slip up against Tampa Bay. And well, you have slipped up. Uh, so now you got to kind of eat your lunch too. So it'll be a short week. Hopefully they get healthy. Crazier things have certainly happened in the NFL, but uh, not the ideal start for your purple in 2023. Yeah, it's uh, it's man losing this game is in it, losing this game just opens up such a harder path for you to get to the nine, ten, eleven wins that you need to to potentially win this division. But all right, well, th- therapy session number one, I guess, is in the books here. On Vikings Ventline, this is the most interactive and fan-friendly show in all of Minnesota sports. And when they lose like this, we're here for you guys. When they win, we throw a party. Uh, we'll see what happens in a few days in Philadelphia. Again, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel, you can help us keep spreading the word and growing this awesome platform that you guys have been helping us build over the past few years. Uh, and tell your friends, Vikings Ventline, Purple Daily, Judd from the stadium, Declan behind the scenes, and uh, I'm Phil Mackey here. We'll see you guys in the morning on Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment.